We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Loose and Moons podcast. This episode 144 of the pod. We're talking college football. We're talking a uh, little bit of draft stocks up and down. We're talking QBs in Chicago, amongst a myriad of other things. Matt Rooney, how are you doing on this fine, fine Wednesday? Uh, you know, just I'm, I'm hanging in there midweek. Yeah. Uh, how, how are you doing? You got a nice, uh, nice. Uh, you know, let me get. Out. I'm going to jump right on my soapbox. I'm going to jump okay, right no, on my yeah, soapbox. Okay, yeah, that's okay. That's why the whole. I don't we know have if it's because form. I've. I don't know if it's because I've not never worked really form, like, but we have it. a normal Monday through Friday, nine to five. Yeah. Look forward. Everybody's working for the weekend type mm-hmm. BS. Yeah. I hate people, period. Oh, you're right preaching there. to I the hate, choir. I hate uh, people, but I also, I hate, oh, it's Wednesday, hump day. We're almost there. Oh, two more days till Friday. Like, do something that you love every day. Do something that, like, makes you excited to wake up. And I'm not even talking about your job. Some people, I understand, like, not everyone loves their job. It's a stark reality of life, but... Find something that makes you enjoy a Wednesday, for Christ's sake. I'm with Sorry. you in hating Sorry. people as well. I think anybody <laughs> who knows me has heard me utter that phrase several times. I actually love people. I, I just hate am. how I hate, I hate how, people. I hate how people have. I hate how we. I'll even include myself in this. Okay. I hate how we have these deferences that we just automatically go to, like boring people talking about the weather hump or like, day, am I right? Oh, uh, hump day. Well, the uh, weather Tuesday, is beautiful. Uh, what, how, today feels like, tu- every day feels like Tuesday. Who's, who's that supposed to be? Like, everyone. Kinda... It's supposed to be everyone. Okay, well, the weather is lovely here today. Light a fire under yourself and have a day. It's like two or three days in a row here we've had fantastic weather. Well, let's keep that going because as you said, I am headed back you to the You are absolutely going to jinx it. Um, we're looking forward to that. No, I used to always bring the Sacramento weather with me back home. It would always be warm and sunny. So, when I was so now so are you bringing the Stanford weather? It's it's beautiful right now. Okay, it's I take 50, that. It's fifty and sunny. So if you guys want to, if you guys want that for the next, you, you gonna hit four some days? golf balls today? Um, I don't know. It wasn't on the docket, but we might get there. Might be able to squeeze in a quick bucket. See, I have a problem though. When I go okay. to hit golf balls. If it's nice enough out and you just want to the play. course looks empty, I go Sound play. The, like the other way, day, yeah. the other day I went to hit balls. I told Shelby I was going to hit balls. I'd be back in an hour, hour and a half. And four two hours, and a half later, hours later, oh, I'm on the two and a half hours later. I'm on the 14th hole as the sun setting. Like well, yeah. that's just that's just that temp- the, it, that that's why. I mean, it's it's at least the courses I usually go to. The, the one I usually go to hit balls out here almost always has like it's. I go to Harbor Side a lot. So a lot uh-huh. of times, especially in the summer when I'm going to hit balls, there's usually an it's outing GM-packed. or some sort. It, it, it's crap. Yeah. I can't just hop on and, you yeah. know, go be a solo. I don't want to get paired with him. If I'm going and doing that, I want to be by myself and just kind of go fly through nine holes, whatever. That's why I kind of like that. It forces me to get to the range and hit balls. But I'm the same way as you. If I have the chance where it's an open course, like if I'm in Michigan and I go to hit balls at one of the courses that we belong to up there, I'm going to be tempted to just go play. play by myself yeah. on a Tuesday morning when nobody's out there or whatever. Let's go out there. Let's let's do a little trial by error. Let's do a little trial and error here. They got to start opening um, up some courses here. I got to get. I, I got to play. I was hitting the ball really well the other day. 
starting to itch a little bit. Starting yeah, to get I'm back getting the, the sun coming March out. Itch. The sun coming out and not needing a winter coat, hat, and gloves every time I go outside is usually when I start to to get that. I'm guessing it's, you feel the same way. It's, it's getting soggy, that time around Chicago it's soggy ground season. That's it's, it. You go out and you exactly. play on some soggy ground. It's getting that time around Chicago where you, you know it well. Like the, the winter is not over. But it's starting to get to the point where we get those warmer days right around St. Patrick's Day where like, you know, 50 and sunny feels like it's 85 and sunny in the summer and everybody wants to be outside. And that's where I'm getting here. I'm getting the itch to play golf. 50 and sunny. I want to be out there playing. If there was any doubt that this, the Moose and Runes podcast, is a bona fide golf pod, you were sorely mistaken. We had no golf conversation. No, this here. just this just popped Four up. Four minutes into the that's pod, we, do. we are strictly soggy ground talk. All right. Yeah, that's what golf we do. season. It's around the corner. Hey, With two, that said, two months. Congrats from golf trip. to congrats to Sun J M. And yes, two months till golf trip. Two months till uh, we take on the beast that is uh, stream song. That is stream song. We're playing what the black and the red. I believe. I believe it's black and the red. Black and the red. Taking on stream song. Black and red. We will get, get a golf back. course review. Um, I've also, I've, I've watched a lot of, uh, YouTube content on these two courses since we booked, we can't go out there trying to put scores up because the greens greens are diabolical. We got to get like, we got to get like a couple fun matches going to where regardless how poorly you're playing, it's still interesting. Yeah. Especially for day one when, you know, we're all, you're, you got a a normal flight time in around, you're getting in around 10 or so we got like a 530 AM taking a flight from, from here. So we're all a little bit tired, a little bit dragging. It's just a course. It's just a course that apparently you need to play a few times to figure out. Like the green complexes are bad. Sometimes, sometimes you need to, Put it like your best chance of getting it close to the hole is putting it the opposite direction. I think I've seen the same YouTube video you're talking about. There's one that where, like, being a guy said, literally like aims like 90 degrees. It's like a 90 degree. We're going to need a couple caddies out there. That's that fine. being said, a couple caddies, a couple <laughs> beers, a couple yinglings. Um, shout out to Sun JM, champion at the Honda Classic, as we move through the Florida swing here on the PGA Tour schedule. They got Every, everyone uh, predicted a- that. The API this weekend. Let's keep it golf centric. Uh, how worried are you? Where's your panic meter in terms of Tiger Woods' health as we inch ever closer to the Masters? I, I don't He's- get. I don't get panicked until I, I. I won't be panicked until Augusta and he looks bad. It's just he's, yeah. he's. We've had this conversation you know, the last couple of years now. It seems like all always right around this time of year where he's not totally feeling great. Whatever. I'm not. He's 44, 45. I forget the exact age. He knows what he's 44. Doing. If he doesn't want to play certain tournaments because he is feeling a little bit whatever, that's okay. He's 44 years old. He's got a lot of miles on that body. If he's saving himself for Augusta, do it. Do whatever you got to do. Yeah. Bay Hill always meant so plan. much to him, though. That's why I worry a little bit. Bay Hill always meant so much. Didn't he, he skipped times. it last year. Arnie too. meant so much to him. He skipped it last year because he was like fresh off a of fusion. Kind of, not really. Skipped it last um, year, and he won the Masters. Joe. He's he's missed it, I think, five of the last six years. If so. you forgot, Tiger um, Woods won the Masters last year, and I think I, I believe that it prevents him from any sort of back to back opportunities. Because is it is it Sawgrass the next week? Let's just pop up the schedule here. Fill, fill some time while I pop up the schedule um, here. But yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, we definitely got a Ar- we got Arnie, we got the players, Valspar, yeah. and yeah, I don't believe he's. I don't believe he's formally committed to the players yet, um, but he's got a I few days to do to so. There, yeah. um, th- hopefully that would be the cause for concern. If he's not at the players, we know that there's something physically off right now because this is a perfect excuse not playing at the API to just yeah. keep it from being a back-to-back. So. That's, you know, that's a good point. I take back what I said. My response is if he does not play at the players because he says he's not feeling up to it, then I might be a little bit worried. That would raise an eyebrow, Joe. 
All right. Well, we uh, we had every quarterbacks on Moose Noon's episode 144, but sometimes the uh, the allure of the game of golf just pulls us in a different direction. It happens. So it happens. Um, but, it's like you said, we're a golf pod. We've never denied that. But let's talk quarterbacks because a few days after uh, Ryan Pace and the figureheads of the Bears front office uh, once again reiterated their support of one Mitch Trubisky, uh, some traction starting to build around the fact that they'd like to bring in a veteran behind Mitch to either push him, to teach him, to have someone in that room that can do productive things, as Mm -hmm. we have talked about at nauseum uh, for the last couple months here since things started going downhill midway through the season last year. So what we're going to do here is we're going to go through the list of free agent and available quarterbacks, which yeah. is one of the most robust lists we've seen of any offseason ever. It's so a list. Bears can't, if the Bears can't make something happen here, um, then, then you really know that, one, they're putting all their eggs in the Mitch Trubisky basket, mm-hmm. and two, we might not have the right people at the top of this organization right now. Um, all right. That being said, let's run down the list here. There's only one place to start, Matt, and that's with the biggest name free agent the game has ever seen. It's huge. Thomas Six Rings Brady. Is that his middle name? He officially changed that? I don't know why I had to pause and think how many rings he's won. He's won six, yeah, correct? Six. Yeah, six. Six rings. Um, but he is a free agent. Or The free agency window technically opens at midnight on March 16th, so about a week and a half Less than two weeks away here. But uh, Tom Brady, with more time that passes and the less news that comes out of New England, the more people are convinced that he is going to entertain free agency wholeheartedly and could end up somewhere else. Do I believe it'll be the Bears? I put about a 1% chance on that just because I never say never. But I just don't think that this is a... One, I don't think it's a fit for the system. Two, I don't think it's a a reality. I, I don't think that... We have the money. I don't think that we have the pieces available to move or restructure to get Tom Brady in. Do I want Tom Brady? Would I take 100%. him? 100%. 2 million percent. I'd take him tomorrow or take him right now. I would you let to Tom Boston Brady come in up. and take over the offense. You let Tom Brady I come would, in and completely revamp your offense. I don't care if he doesn't fit the I'd system. Help him, I'd help him move. You take you take that play sheet, Matt Nagy, yeah. and you cut that thing up. You say, you Tom, we're running you, what you want to run. You don't, you don't have BU on that play sheet. You have B Tom. <laughs> exactly. Right. That, that's what you do if Tom Brady wants to come here. That said, I, I, I think the biggest or one of the biggest things for Tom Brady coming in here and deciding where he's going to go is offensive line and protection in front of him. Now that he's forty three, mm-hmm. and while he still just does have, stay upright, yeah. he still has elite pocket presence and always will. He just can't quite move as well as he used to be able to. Obviously, because he's forty three, yeah. and we started to see that a little bit last year. And the Bears' offensive line has problems that, that was that was for me uh, as bad as Mitch was at times I still think the biggest yeah. issue was the drop off in offensive line play from 2018 to 2019 and I think that's where everything stemmed from the offense if you can't get a running game going I mean Tom Brady's always been heavily relied on the running game except for the one uh one year a couple seasons ago I forgot the exact year where they're passing every down but for the most part especially the last couple of years they've been heavily relying on the running game Bears haven't had it they don't have the line they do have the weapons but there are more attractive options out there, more ready-made step-in-and-win-now without having to worry about other issues to address first. As All much right, as I'd so love Tom, I'd take him here in a heartbeat, like I said. What we're going to do here is we're going to put it on two scales, okay. the want scale, the reality scale, both 0 through 10, and then I need you to make a prediction of where that quarterback ends up. Okay. So, for instance, my want scale for Tom Brady is peaking at 10. 
my reality scale, I believe, is a 1 out of 10. Yeah. And I believe that Tom Brady ends up the New England Patriots quarterback next year. Wow. Uh, this is going to be kind of boring. My want scale is also a 10. <laughs> uh, I would say my, my reality scale is, more, is, is probably closer to a 2 than a 1 because uh-huh. I'm more of an optimist than you are. I've always have been. That's not um, true, but okay. Ah, man, I was really hoping you were going to say like Oakland or San Francisco because because uh, my, my my pick is also New England. I just I don't think he's going to go anywhere else. Um, the San Francisco thing makes no sense. They're not going to do that. It also doesn't. But yeah, I mean, it's a name that you just kind of keep seeing out there. So I figured that might be one where you might spin it because of your connections out there could be fun to talk about. Joe, this is just, this content creation. That's what we're doing out here. Tennessee. Um, Tennessee, Tennessee is. For, I think Tennessee is the most likely yeah, spot outside of England spot. Yeah. Yeah. I, do, do you think there's any legs to the possibility of Dallas? No. No? I don't think – I think Dallas has a quarterback, and I think they're going to franchise him. I think they're going to end up paying him. They're going to do an exclusive franchise. So there's exclusive franchises and non-exclusive franchises. If you're exclusively franchised, it's going to cost the team more money. I believe it's going to cost the Cowboys about $33 million to exclusively franchise Dak, which means no one else can talk to him. He's ours. You can't even touch him. Non-exclusive franchise allows Dak to talk to other teams, uh, but that would cost them, I think, like $6 million less, somewhere in like the $27 million range. Mm -hmm. They're going to put the exclusive franchise on them, and then they're going to try and get a long-term deal and then move that franchise tag to someone else. That's what Dallas is doing. Um, What I'm going to tell you what San Francisco is going to do right now is they're going to, by all estimations, try and restructure Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo's contract to push some of that money down the line so that they can pay George Kittle, so that they can pay Eric Armstead, so they can mm-hmm. pay everyone on that defense. they got a lot of guys coming up in the next two years, so I think they're going to try and restructure Garoppolo, but everything that they do... It's a dangerous do, game to play when you start. I, I know they gotta, you got to keep your guys if you want to win in this window now, but man, that is... They, you'll, you'll see it with the Bears coming up with some of the contracts they've restructured. Yeah. It is a dangerous game to start playing that with too many people to... to keep people now it really really handicaps in the the future well we got a list of qbs to get to here i think we know how we feel about tom brady let's talk about philip rivers the philip rivers in san diego slash los angeles 10 year has come to a close they're moving on which Um, is weird for that's gonna be weird very weird also another possible landing spot for brady in san diego i mean every brady tom uh excuse me rob garnkowski said it earlier in the week tom brady has 32 teams to pick from anyone would have tom brady anyone would move land and sea to make Tom Brady their quarterback. I don't care how old he is, but we're again getting off the topic here. Phillip yeah. Rivers moved back to, I believe, Alabama with his family. And I think that that's about regionally, right. I think regionally um, things matter to Phillip Rivers. So I'm going to assign my want on Phillip Rivers as a six. I've never loved the way he's a prolific passer. I hate watching him throw the football. He makes a ton of mistakes. <laughs> And he makes a ton of mistakes doing it, always has. I want a quarterback that makes me feel confident. Phillip Rivers, I don't believe, would be that. So I'm going to put my want scale at six. I'm going to put my reality scale at three. And I'm going to say Phillip Rivers ends up the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am, I'm going to go with – my want is much lower than yours. I'm at about a two or a three with Phillip Rivers okay. because he's – like you said, he's always kind of looking. My wants are all going to be high because of so how down that's, on Mitch I am. That's, so, uh, you know, I just that, want anyone else. That's fair. I, but what, what we saw from Phillip Rivers and Mitch, I, I don't think Mitch was really worse than Phillip Rivers was last year. He threw for 23 touchdowns, but a lot of those are, are Phillip Rivers throwing touchdowns 
you know, down three scores in the fourth quarter coming back. I would love to see. I, I could probably look that up if I really wanted to. I'm not going to. He always also threw 20 interceptions, which is more yeah. than Mitch. Um, also, we talked about Tom Brady being immobile in the pocket. Phillip Rivers is much more of a statue, it seems, these days. And this was the first. I mean, he, he'd been getting older the last couple of years, but he'd always, I mean, he went 9-7 and seven two years ago, 12-4 and four the year before that. He'd always still look pretty good doing it this -hmm. was the first year for him similarly to drew Brees, ironically enough that i kind of thought like man he just looks old and like he doesn't have it anymore i don't want him behind this offensive line like we talked about he he might be okay fit in the offense i know he's a veteran i know he's smart but like you said a little bit of a gunslinger very mistake prone throws a lot of those back-breaking interceptions and the one thing with this defense you don't want to do joe is turn the ball over on offense. Uh, that's the. I mean, you can go three and out. You can you know not move the ball very much. But the last thing you want to do is turn that ball over and put them in short field situations, bad situations, get them on the field more. And I think Philip Rivers, with his inability to move in the pocket for this offensive line, his proneness for interceptions, not a guy I want here. So I'll say two for want. I'll say probably three for desire. And no, I, two so two for one. I'm sorry, three for three realistic. for reality. Yeah, that, yeah. What did what did you where did you predict? You're going to struggle with this Tampa Bay. <laughs> okay, Tampa Bay. I was down to Tampa Bay and Indy. Mm-hmm. Um, so just out of to be different, I will say Indy. Um, okay. Just I, I think that's another logical spot for him, kind of ready made to go in and, and you know win just kind of a quarterback short. So I think you'll see that as a logical landing spot. Plus they have a a much improved offensive line. All right, we're going to keep this talk rolling here to uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who had a fantastic stint with the New Orleans Saints, pardon me, over the last season. The New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints over the past season, I believe he started six games, won them all. Um, Or he started five, but won six games when he came in for Breeze when he got hurt. I believe that was the the window that he saw there. It might have been larger. I'm not sure. But... Played great. It was an awesome story after what he's been through with the knee injury with Minnesota. Looked like he'd never really play again or at least never really have an opportunity to be a starter again. Mm -hmm. But with where the quarterback um, market is right now, I believe that Teddy Bridgewater will likely be a starter somewhere next year. Will it be in Chicago? I don't know. My want meter on Teddy Bridgewater is a 10. My reality meter on Teddy Bridgewater, the numbers that are going to be owed to him, because I feel like it's not realistic because the Bears are going to try and give someone who's who might end up being a starter a backup's wage, because Mitch is quote-unquote still the starter. Teddy mm-hmm. Bridgewater last year, I believe, was making $7 million. Yes, that's I got spot track in front of me. He made 7.25. So, my encyclopedic memory of... Other men's pocketbooks is uh, is on point, but um, such a Teddy, smart guy you are. Teddy is going to get more money than that wherever he goes. Yeah, I mean um, the, the Bears have twenty four million in cap space right now. You That's, might have to give. You might have to. You might have you to give thirteen of it to him. I was going to like even more than that. I think he might get twenty, honestly. But like we said, that's that's a big chunk to take out of how so many this team has. I'm putting my want meter at ten. I'm putting my reality meter at maybe three or four. Um, and I believe that Teddy Bridgewater ends up the quarterback. I don't really have a feel on this one, so I'm going to say Tennessee. Um, but I have my want meter on a 10 because of this list that we're looking at, and I'll rattle it off real quick here. We had Brady's, Brady Rivers, Bridgewater, Winston, Mariota, Keenum, Tannehill, Dalton. I believe that Teddy Bridgewater is the 
only on that list, the only long-term answer mm-hmm. at quarterback for the Chicago Bears. The rest of these guys are Band-Aids. I think Teddy Bridgewater can be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears for the next six, seven seasons. I am very much with you on the want meter there. I'm right around a nine or a 10. I would say I just, I don't see it. I'm lower on the realistic meter as much as I want him here. I just, it, like you said, it doesn't seem like the bears are going that route. It doesn't seem like they're willing to go that route right now. And I don't think they're going to shell out big time starter money to a guy that really hasn't had that significant of a stint start in starting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm also in agreement with you. Like I said, he is the only really real long-term solution out there, it seems like, for anybody right now. Um, but I, I still think Ryan Pace is going to want to draft that guy and probably not have to pay that guy right away. Um, as far as a prediction, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a wild card pick here and say the Raiders. How about that? I, I yeah, think, I, I, I think see John it. Gruden wants to move on from Derek Carr. Teddy Bridgewater is a nice name that in a pretty you know reputable organization won some games last year. I can see John, John in, in a pro-style offense similar to Gruden's. I can see John Gruden wanting to bring him in and, and, and kind of mold him, let him be the guy he gives the keys to. And if that's the case, Derek Carr is going to end up being the quarterback of the Chicago Bears, which is Mitch Trubisky four years from now. <laughs> so uh, this is time is a flat circle, and this is the world that we live in. Uh, let's talk about another gunslinger, uh, a guy who – Knows how to find a receiver, just sometimes it's on the wrong team. Yeah. Uh, Jameis Winston, famous Jameis, um, appears to be out in Tampa Bay. That's not official yet, right? Not they, official, they might, but it's... They might bring him back. Um, it's trending. It's, it probably seems like a 65-35, he's out the door right now. So I don't yeah. think either side has written it off, but I think both sides are looking to... For me, for me, my want meter on Jameis is probably like a 5. I wouldn't be pissed, but... Again, I think he's very Mitch. Uh, mm-hmm. He might have some more raw talent than Mitch, but from like a decision-making standpoint, still terrible. Um, and my reality meter, probably a one or a two. I just don't think it happens. And I say that because I believe next year Jameis Winston will be the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It just I can't see Jameis Winston being the quarterback anywhere else. He is a Buccaneer. His inaccuracy, Joe, that's, the, that's is now two for predictions to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who did I? Who else did I send there? Phil Rivers. Phil Rivers. Oh yeah, you that got was Phil totally Rivers a, going to the box. That was a prox, that was a proximity play. Uh, I said Rivers to Tampa because the Alabama thing. So um, does that mean we have to change your prediction, Joe? No, I'm I'm just going to be wrong on one of them. I could say Tampa Bay for everyone. Like everyone. And I could say Tampa Bay for right. everyone and like know that. that I'm going to get one right. You actually might get two. Like you could get like a Mariota, <laughs> get two right. a Mariota and Rivers both decide to go to Tampa. So I like that. That's that's smart. Um, so we're not operating on a. Uh, on a plane here where everyone ends up in one place. Yeah. We could have some overlaps. I'm also sending Jameis Winston back to Tampa Bay. If it's not Jameis Winston there, I believe it'll be Philip Rivers. Um, I am, I'll just start with my prediction. I also think he's going to Tampa. I think this is a, both sides are kind of in a go out and see what you can find situation. I think both sides are going to come up a little bit upset about what they found and realize it could be a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm right around a, a six, probably on the want meter. I, 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 you, you mentioned the upside and that is clearly evident, especially this year when he's got some weapons around him. But I just got through saying it with Phillip rivers. The one thing you don't want to do with this defense is turn the ball over a lot. And that's the one thing Jameis does quite a bit. Now he had LASIK surgery, Joe. So maybe that, maybe that's, maybe that's fixed now. Maybe you can see the defenders. 2020. Um, 
but yet he, he turns the ball over just so much, and that's kind of what's hampered him from kind of taking the next step. Um, and yeah, my so I think the realistic meter is probably more like a two. I, I just I think he's gonna I think someone's gonna give him a lot of money. And I, I think that's either going to be Tampa or just not here. I think he's yep. somewhere to Bridgewater where he's going to want, you know, double-digit millions, you know, I closer mean, to 20, and I, he's not going to get it here. Jameis had a game last year where he threw for nearly 500 yards and four interceptions. So, yeah. like, it's just – you can't really make sense of what the guy does. It's, uh, like, it's like Jay Cutler, like, on extreme steroids. Like, he's really, <laughs> really, really good, but also really, really, really dumb sometimes. Yeah. Um, all right, let's take it to our next QB here, lying in waiting, Marcus Mariota, who appeared to lose his job last season, or didn't appear to. He did, he lose, did his lose his job, job last season to uh, Ryan Tannehill, um, former quarterback of the Tennessee Titans, Marcus Mariota, high draft pick. Hasn't really panned out. Um, again, some decision-making issues. Pocket presence isn't great. Doesn't really sense the rush very well and with a guy who's as mobile as he is that's like a damning uh, mm-hmm. aspect to his game but Marcus Mariota as a Chicago Bear I put the want meter at a five uh, I again much like Jameis wouldn't be pissed don't think it's the answer um, I put the likelihood meter at a four I think that there's a chance that this happens I think that um, it'd be a guy that because of his um, past transgressions and transgressions is the right word there, but his past struggles. Yeah, um, you might be able to get uh, a deal on here. Um, does the Hawaiian want to come to Chicago where it's cold? Um, is that going to work? Is that going to have an impact? I believe yes. That those types of things do have impacts on players. Um, some guys are built for the cold. Some guys are not. I don't think the kid from Hawaii is built for the cold. So uh, I don't believe that. He's going to end up a Chicago Bear. It could happen. It's not out of the question. I think that this is the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts when it's all Ooh, set. Ooh, wild card pick there. Yeah. Um, I would be totally fine with Marcus Mariota on a one-year deal. I mean, it, it, just a one-year kind of come here, be somewhat of a Band-Aid, be a backup, be a guy who, if Mitch stinks or is hurt, can come in and not screw things up that badly. And I, I think he'd be capable of doing that. Um, I, I mean, we just saw the exact same situation play out with him as kind of the loser in the quarterback battle. So, I mean, he's been close uh, to that type of situation, knows what goes into it. Granted, he lost it. Um, my want meter is probably a probably like a six just because I think if there's not a guy you – know, I, I mean, my – my 10 want meter other than Brady is to draft a guy you like. But if you don't draft a guy you like, I like this option is just a one year band aid because like mm-hmm. I said, the only real long-term option right there, right out there right now is Bridgewater. Um, mm-hmm. My realistic meter is probably you're at a four. I'm probably closer to a six or a seven. I'll, I'll probably go seven on that um, because I think Ryan Pace will see this as a, a band aid, a one year, someone we don't have to commit to in a guy who can come into an offense kind of similar to the one he played in college. Um, granted, Mark Helfrich isn't here anymore, but similar, more similar to the Mark Helfrich isn't walking through that door. He's not, uh, but it, it's 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 much less of a pro style offense than the one he was playing in Tampa. It's not just turn around, hand the ball to Derrick Henry and dink and dunk down the field. It, it lets him kind of get back into his comfort zone. And obviously, Pac-12 defenses are, are a lot worse than NFL defenses, but yeah. um, I, I think they might see that the, the way the, the way those guys. You know, see players in their own head. The Pace and Nagy especially think they can probably turn around players and, and tweak them by getting them in their system. I think Mariota's a guy like that who they think they can grab something out of. Uh, my official prediction, going to go a little off the board here. I'm going to say the New Orleans Saints. 
Um, okay. They, they got one year likely left to Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater's not walking through that door, like you said. Um, <laughs> as much as they like to tell you they think Taysom Hill is a franchise quarterback, if they think Taysom Hill is a franchise quarterback, they're wrong, and I don't think Smart and Sean Payton's that stupid. Um, so I think Marcus Mariota kind of—I think he saw what it might. You could see what it did for Bridgewater's career. Went there, learned, got a lot, you know, more, got a lot of experience behind a, a future Hall of Famer. And I'm going to go with that's kind of a reclamation project and be like a quarterback and waiting after being mentored by Drew Brees for a year or two. Yeah, I see that line of thinking. I don't think that's out of the question by any means. Um, Plus, if you're a free agent quarterback in a situation like that, after what you saw you know, happen to Bridgewater is now positioned to get paid, who else would you want to play, play for other than Sean Payton right now? Yeah, I guess that's the situation you want to be in. Um, because like you said, too, I don't – the Taysom Hill thing just feels like – it's their An absolute. Tr- I think like, they're just trying to appease kind of him. To, I think they're trying yeah, to appease uh, him to keep him. Honestly, uh, who was the statistic? I saw um, there was a wide receiver who has more completions than Taysom Hill right he's now. He's got like twenty two like passes. Got, he's got six completions, I believe, in his NFL career. Yeah, but so I, no, we could go off on a Taysom, Taysom Hill tangent. Should the Bears not. sign Taysom Hill to be their franchise <laughs> quarterback? Taysom Hill is not the answer anywhere, which means he'll likely be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears next oh, season. Um, We're not even talking on, about him. Let's move on to our next guy. Uh, let's talk about Case Keenum here for a second. Who's? I mean, he's worn a number of jerseys across the league. Kind of your uh, your stock veteran quarterback mm-hmm. and. I'm gonna I'm gonna just come out and say it right now. I believe Case Keenum is on the Bears roster next year. Okay. Um, he's got ties to Bears quarterback coach John DeFilippo. You could get him in on a team friendly veteran quarterback contract, kind of pay him a little bit over the backup pay grade, and maybe he is your quarterback by week three, week four, whatever happens here with Mitch. Maybe he beats him out in camp. I believe that Case Keenum is not a long term answer. But I believe that he can be the short-term answer. He can be that guy to be in the room with Mitch. He knows the division, having played with the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. A lot of things point to it making sense. Does that mean it's going to happen? I don't know. With the Bears, usually not. But we could sit here and rail on the Bears all day, as we usually do on this podcast. Mm. But it makes sense. It adds up. I think the financials could work out. I'm putting my want meter on Case Keenum at a 7. I'm putting my is it going to happen reality meter at an 8 and I believe he ends up a Chicago Bear. Yeah, I these are the two names when we were going down this list that I you know, jumped out to me as by far the most realistic options. Um, and I think everything you said there the, the ties to DeFilippo, the history in the division, quite honestly the history of success while being the quarterback of a team with a really good defense. I mean, he not that it will happen again mm-hmm. here, but he took the Vikings to the NFC Championship yeah. game. And that was a team pretty much built on, we have two stud receivers, we have a solid running back, we have a fantastic defense. That sounds a lot like what the Bears have right now. Granted, they have an issue or two on the offensive line they have to you know worry about, but Case Keenum is a smart veteran quarterback who's likely not going a, to make a ton of stupid decisions, put the defense in bad spots. This one seems there's a, like a he's a just He's a just-do-enough guy. Exactly. And that's always been the Chicago Bears quarterback. When, whenever we try and have a guy who's not a just-do-enough guy, like Jay Cutler, it spirals, you know? I love um, Jay, though. I'd take Jay back. We, we were hoping Trubisky could be a more-than-just-do-enough guy, but he's not even a just-do-enough mm-hmm. guy. Um, this is a new patented phrase. The just-do-enough guy, Case Keenum, will be the Patented by the Moose podcast. Um, he's, he's like 
he's what people thought Chase Daniel might be when like he like Chase Daniel was a free agent a couple years ago and the Bears signed him and then Chase Daniel filled in for Mitch. People thought Chase Daniel could be a just do enough guy, but he's also not very good. Case Keenum is legitimately a just do enough guy. He, he's he's going to know how to run the offense. He's going to be able to run your entire playbook. That doesn't mean he's going to be able to make all the throws in it, but he's going to have the mental capacity, the field awareness, the smarts to run an entire complicated playbook that Matt Nagy has. He is who we thought he was. Exactly. Um, let him off the hook. Joe, my prediction is also going to be the Chicago Bears. Uh, so okay. we're, we're going to be in lockstep on that one. I'm going to say my want meter I'll go with a five or a six again because I, I think my my other than Tom Brady, my dream scenario here is they draft a guy they really, really, really like. Um, and if you're going to do that, I'm not sure you're going to have Trubisky, Keenum, and a draft quarterback on your yeah. on your roster. Uh, likelihood, I'm going to go up right around a nine. Okay. I'm going to say nine. I like it. Maybe you know something that I don't. I do. And- I can promise you I know absolutely nothing more than you. <laughs> on, this, on this line of thinking. And other lines of thinking, yes. A uh, couple other guys to get here, get to here. Um, we've said the name Ryan Tannehill a number mm. of times over the last uh, couple minutes here. Uh, I'm just going to get right to it. My want meter on Ryan Tannehill is zero. My likelihood meter, my likelihood meter is a three, and I think Ryan Tannehill, God knows, um, who's the Jaguars quarterback right now? Nick Foles. Nick Foles. I think that he ends up behind Nick Foles in Jacksonville just because it makes wow. it just fe- it just feels like the only other place Ryan Tannehill can play quarterback. Um, I my want meter is also low around a one or a two because I, I think he was able to do what he did last year because of how it was great a the total run. total albatross. It was like total. It, it was it was also outlier. Not going to happen again. He was able to do what he did last year because of how great the Derek Henry. The, he, yeah, the run game was. Um, the Bears don't have that. The Bears don't have that offensive line. They do have that defense, but they don't have that coaching staff or the offensive line that's going to be willing to just turn the basically turn the offense over to the run game. Um, so I'm going to be out on Ryan Tannehill. My want meter's a one. My realistic meter's a two because I think he's going to want a little bit more money. I don't think the, the money he's going to get or desire on one of those one-year deals we talked about with Mariota or Keenum is going to be worth it for him. I think he's going to want more than those guys so he can walk. Uh, where did you say again? You said Jacksonville? Jacksonville. And let me remind you that he's a wide receiver from Texas Tech. I remember. So no, Texas A&M, that, It's Texas A&M. Uh, A&M, thank you. A&M, Let's get it yes. right. Um, let's go with the Los Angeles Chargers. I think he's going to be a Los Angeles Charger. I think they're, I think, I think they're going to draft a guy and they're also going to want a veteran in there. I think Ryan Tannehill's a a whatever. Uh, he's not the name that Los Angeles is going to want, but Mm -hmm. I think they're going to lose out on a lot of these quarterback battles and kind of have to settle for him. Okay. Um, I'm going to send this next guy. He could also go to Tennessee. I'm going to send this next guy to the Chargers and I just want to get through him because there's my want meter's low on him. My Go realistic ahead. meter's too high. Andy Dalton. Uh, my want meter on Andy Dalton is a zero. We know what Andy Dalton is. We know what he'll always be, and it's not what the Bears need. Um, my realistic meter on Andy Dalton is a five because there has been some talk surrounding these two parties coming together on a deal, mm-hmm. and I think that he ends up – let me just send him to uh, the Chargers. Okay, I'm going to say – my want meter on him is also, a, I'll put it at a one, just because he's not a free agent. The Bears would need to trade for him, and the Bears are already limited on draft picks. I don't want that to happen. Um, the realistic meter, uh, it got to bump it up a, a couple. I'd probably have it at a three, but again, I think the Bears would not be the only team bidding for him. They're not the only team bidding for him. 
it might get up to a third or a second round pick that's the cost for Andy Dalton. If that's the case, again, limited draft picks. No, thank you. Um, let's see. Let's see. Where is Andy Dalton going to play football next year? I'll go the Tennessee Titans. How about that? I think I feel, Mike, like, I, I, I feel like we've sent everyone to the Titans, but I'm I have not. Sent, I have not sent anyone <laughs> to the Titans. I said they're my wild card for Tom, or they're my they're my most likely option for Tom Brady. Gotcha. We would both if he doesn't go back to New England. But New England's also been rumored in Dalton if uh, if Brady were to leave, and Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick, same types of school of thought there. Um, I think Mike Vrabel makes a play for Andy Dalton, and that's where he ends up quarterbacking the Tennessee Titans in the AFC South next year. All right, to cap this thing off here, Matt, your best-case scenario at quarterback for the Chicago Bears is? Oh, um, I mean, Tom Brady's the best-case scenario. Okay, uh, you can say that. No, I mean, but if, totally if, we're combining, that. if we're combining want and reali- realism, realistic, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we both said our best-case is Tom Brady. Um, best-case scenario, best scenario is somehow the Cowboys let Dak walk, and he somehow okay. ends up here. I think that's another good one. Uh, most realistic scenario that I would love to see play out is Mitch and Jalen Hurts in some sort of. That's my best case. My best case scenario is Jalen Hurts. That's okay. honestly of all these guys. I think that. Yeah, I guess even you know with what? Tom, it's, 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 a, it's a one or that. two year. Let me say. Let me let me not say that. My my best case scenario is Teddy Bridgewater because he is a viable long term option yeah. for the Bears. My my realistic best case. Big, Best case scenario, because I don't think Teddy Bridgewater's happening, is drafting Jalen Hurts and him taking over the job sooner rather than later. Okay, I like that. Yeah, we're we're both on the starting last week. Our conversation really got me more on the I'm fine with Jalen Hurts train to okay, yeah. I kind of want Jalen Hurts now. But you know that Ryan Pace, in order to take Jalen Hurts, whoever's got that pick ahead of us, two picks ahead of us in the third round is going to float the idea that they're interested in Jalen Hurts and then Ryan Pace is going to give up the rest of the draft Quite for honestly, Jalen Hurts then, it, and it, all the picks next year. If they want, I mean, it's very possible. I mean, if they really want Jalen Hurts that John badly, Lynch, though. laughing somewhere. If they want Jalen Hurts that badly, you reach for him at that second pick in the second round. Yeah. If you And quite honestly, you want him that, that badly, you just take him at 43. Yeah. Because it, it, I'd rather I take, be mad at it. I'd rather take a flyer like that on a, on a guy on a round too early than him be there in the third and trade, you know, like you said, three draft picks in the future to go up and get him. Just what if, I saw, if you like him, if he's a third round projection, whatever, take him in the second. If you really, really want to make sure he's your guy, no one's going to have that big of a problem with that. What I saw out of Jalen Hurts in um, Oklahoma last year, just his um, piss and vinegar with a smile on his face, proving everybody what wrong approach mm-hmm. um, in the weight room after games. Like, I, I just think that it's. He'd be a great addition and a great fit to the system. If Matt Nagy wants a guy who fits the philosophy that he keeps on that play card, I know it's the second time I brought it up, but the BU philosophy mentality, yeah. Jalen Hurts, I think we saw last year in his years at Alabama, he, lived, he lives that out. Jalen Hurts is always himself. He was honest last year. He was, like you said, he was the hardest worker in the room. Jalen Hurts is a BU kind of guy. I would love to see him here. I think he fits the mentality of Chicago, fits the mentality of the coaching staff, fits the mentality of the team. Make it happen. Uh, speaking of the draft, Ooh, draft combine was the past weekend in Indianapolis. Um, one guy jumped off the page at me, obviously not going to be there in the second round, but no. if I was the Cincinnati Bengals, I'd have to take a long, hard look at him. Um, projections still have him as like going 10 to the Browns, which makes no sense to me. Isaiah Simmons is the most freak. He is the most can't miss prospect in this draft 
and I said that before we saw him run a four three nine. I said that during the college football playoff when I watched him line up at safety, linebacker, and defensive end all in the same quarter and get a sack at defensive end, an interception at safety, and made like five tackles at line. Like he can do mm-hmm. everything. And when he came to the podium and he was asked at the combine about, you know, where does he, where, what is he? You know, it, it, when he's talking to these people who are potentially going to draft him, what is he selling himself as? What position does he play? And he answered it, I played defense and walked away from the podium. And it was the most badass thing of all time. I, like I want that. that kid. I want that kid on my team if he, you know, if I'm the if I'm the Bengals, if I'm the maybe if I'm not the Bengals, you got to go get Joe Burrow, you got to believe in your quarterback. If I am um, the Dolphins, if I am the Redskins, if I am the uh, Giants, I'm not letting that kid get past five. You know, I I saw your tweets about him. I kind of forgot. I mean, I know you brought him up after the national championship game. And I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of forgot about him going into the combine. But then you see those measurables that he put out, and I was just like, how is this guy at this size able to do this? Faster and, 40 uh, than Saquon, faster 40 than McCaffrey, faster 40 than Julio. Fa- like, just unbelievable. Faster 40 than Joe Musso. I think faster 40 than Joe Musso can, can confirm. Can confirm. What was your 40? Um, you, ever, you, ever, you ever get it? Oh, you guys had time 40s in, in camp all, every, every year. What was yes. Your 40? What, was your, um, what was your fastest clock documented 40? Clocked or lasered? Because clocked, my fastest forty was like four five five, I think. Oh, that's, um, not, that's not bad. Laser. When I went to the Nike Combine, I ran like a four seven eight, which I was oh, not proud yeah, of. That's not too yeah. fast. Yeah. It's faster than me. Hey, game speed though. Kid, they couldn't catch the kid. Yeah, that's, they couldn't that's, catch the kid. It, that, that's all that it's about. It's about the quick There's twitch. You had the twelve touchdowns senior year. I don't. I didn't count your touchdowns. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. I did not count your touchdowns. Pretty sure more than a touchdown of the game. But what are you going to do? Uh, who's, who's counting? I don't know. We went like six and four, so. No, we didn't. We went seven six. and five counting prep bowl, I believe. That oh, I thought, I thought you were talking about college. No, 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 no. Yeah. Well, that was, that was BS, college. Yeah, we college, s- senior year, Rob put his Rob foot in the ground wrong, and that was the season. Yeah. You know, Rob, hey, put his foot, Rob put his foot in the ground wrong, and then our coach refused to put in the quarterback who was our best option at a backup because he felt he needed to play corner. Um but you know, we figured that out in the second half of the last game of the season against Elmhurst. But we could we could go down a we yeah, we're go not down a, we're not we go down a, a road here that we don't want to go down. Uh, shout out to uh, Tyrell. But um, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do, Matt? Great shout memories. out friend of the, the pod, pod Rob, Rob Gallick. Glad your knees doing better. And Rob Gallick, yeah, glad you're um, doing better. Um, glad glad that uh, all that you know crazy athleticism is back. Yeah, it's all clearly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my, my my jumping out at the combine, it's going to be a little bit of a homer pick, but uh, Chase Claypool, okay. um, he had a very good uh, 40 time, which was going yeah. into the, uh, he ran a four four two, and kind of going into the combine, that was the big, you know, how fast is this guy? And like you said, you know, straight line speed isn't always the most important deal for a lot of positions, but for wide receiver and ability to get off man coverage and go. Mm-hmm. Um, Chase Claypool showed that he can do that. Not that he didn't at Notre Dame at times last year in game, but he showed he has the documented speed to do it. And he's and got the he's, he's got the size. He's got the size of six four two thirty eight. He can be kind okay. of your. He can line up on the outside end. exactly. Yeah. Line up on the outside, or he can be like mismatch yeah, he, inside with a linebacker. It is going to sound like a homer pick, and I, 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 he's not going to be there at forty three. But if he's there at forty three, and the Bears don't take him with the 
basically basic yeah. intent of being, hey, you're going to line up in the outside. You're going to be maybe our short-term answer at H-back because Trey Burton and Adam Sheehan. That's all that stay. Trey Burton really is. You know, that, he's a that, better Trey Burton, I feel like. That guy can stretch the field in the through the middle of it. He can open things yeah. up in the middle, down the seam. He'd be perfect. I, I think he was a huge winner from the combine because he went from probably a fringe first or second round pick to a guy who has a chance to go you know mid first round at this point and if the right team likes because he has that side he has that speed he has the mike evans the calvin johnson type mold i'm not saying he's going to be them i'm saying he has the you know the mold the frame the measurables to go with them and obviously those guys if you can get them are are receivers that you take and you keep you hold on to no doubt uh you want to jump in a little buyer show here i would love to all right, let's take it to spring training, the MLB, some deals being made. Christian Yelich approaching a $215 million extension over the next eight seasons. I believe it will extend him. He's still got two years left on his contract. The extension takes him seven more years for another 190. Yeah. Um, buy or sell, Matt. Yelich is the most talented position player in the NL Central. Um, I am going to sell. I think it's very close. Between him and Javi Baez, I think he's the most productive, but I think when mm-hmm. both are at their best and doing what they do best, I think both sides of the ball um, in the field and at the plate, it, it, as much as it pains me to say because I'm a Sox guy, Javi Baez is electric defensively. He is as good with the bat as anybody when he's on. And if you tell me, ask me who the best player in the NL Central is, I'll probably take Christian Yelich. You're asking me who has the most talent, the highest ceiling, whose you know, highs are the highest. I'm probably going to go with Baez. I like that train of thought. I follow that. Um, I, I definitely think that you got to give Javi the edge in the field. But, I mean, Yelly's got the last two batting titles to his name and an MVP. So um, he, I, I, That's why I'm saying I, I just I don't. he has the yeah. consistency in that greatness. But you see these flashes from Baez that you know, the talent is, in my opinion, as high as anybody. Just, he doesn't do it all the time. And yeah. for the most part, Yelich just does it all the time, which is why I think he is the best player. In the NL Central. Maybe that's a cop out answer. I, I don't know, but that's kind of where I'm at with those two. It's super crazy to say, but like 23 million average annual value is such a deal for this guy, too. Yeah, like that's what everybody's yeah. saying. He signs a seven year, $200 million extension. And people are like, whoa, well, yeah. he, he left some money on the table and he did. He's just a Milwaukee guy, big time, big time Milwaukee guy, curd guy, loves it. All right, can I stay spring training here on mine? On mine? Yeah, hit me. We're going to talk Chris Sale. All right. Chris Sale is now not awaiting his original opinion on a sore elbow not awaiting his second opinion on a sore elbow mm-hmm. red Sox are waiting for a third opinion on chris sales sore left elbow i believe he started feeling pain like after his first bullpen session that he threw this like first bullpen session of, of spring training on sunday mm-hmm. um i'll just ask you buy or sell chris sale throws a pitch this season so yeah. Um, third opinion means we're trying to get someone to tell us we don't need Tommy John, I feel like. Yeah. Um, which is never the route you want to go, but it, it's definitely the Chris Sale route, like the let me throw a dip in and have a beer and I'll feel better. I've yeah. always felt like he's kind of – Well, sometimes um, that works. And I say this endearingly. He's kind of like um, – he's not a – He's not a numbers guy. He's not a not an analytics uh, guy. He's not an analytics guy. He's not a I have a – strict regimen on my four off days guy. He's like, uh, give me the ball. Let me tow the mound. Let me throw this backdoor slider and strike everyone out um, type guy. So I feel like they're just looking for someone to tell him that he doesn't need the surgery. But with that That's release, we were happen. talking before. Yeah, we were talking before the pot a little bit um, with the way he throws the ball, his dominance, his whip, um, not statistically like the actual whip. In yeah, his the whip arm. on his arm. Um, just his 
angle of attack, it's always worried me, it's, even when he was a White Sox. And, uh, you know, it stinks that, because I still love Chris Sale and I love watching him pitch, but, um, you know, the fact that this isn't our heartbreak right now does lessen that blow. That's a selfish way, selfish way to talk about this, but um, I'm hoping the best for Chris Sale, that he doesn't need surgery and that he can pitch this season, but if he does need the surgery, now's the best time to get it, get ready for next season, and come back better than ever. You know? Yeah, I, I also don't think he throws a pitch. Like you said, second opinion usually means Tommy John. Third opinion yeah. means, like you said, they're just trying to find anybody to tell them. Or third just, opinion means one guy said yes, one guy said no. Could be. <laughs> I doubt it. Um, it. And it's probably the route of if they get somebody to say, hey, he doesn't need the surgery, then he starts the season on the IL, and then maybe even while he's throwing warm-up stuff, has even more, you know, bullpen sessions, whatever, has more elbow issues because the elbow has a problem. Kids, um, are, getting this, kids are getting this procedure done, like, preventatively nowadays. It's, it's not, like, it's Tommy John, where, we, we talked about this with Kopech last year, you know, two years, a year and a half ago, what happened. It's yeah, not a death sentence. It's not a death sentence anymore. Like, it, it sucks in the moment when it happens, and you know that guy's not going to throw for a year but it happens to just about everyone and it's it's almost a matter of you know when not if and if you just get it just get it over with get it done now you you get this surgery done now you're in the red Sox rotation by may or june next season i got one more for you okay it'll take us to so i'm also going to sell yeah i sell um or no we're buying that he's not going to throw a pitch this year yeah, yeah, he's not throwing a pitch. No, yeah. I, I don't know if I don't remember, don't remember if I said you're selling that he throws a pitch. He's not going to pitch this year. Let's just go. <laughs> okay. All right, Matt. Uh, let's talk Blackhawks. Um, while the last month has not been the peak towards the playoffs that we've been hoping for, uh, the play of Corey Crawford has been on display. Uh, he's been fantastic as of late. You even pointed out, you know, he, he took some contact, which you worry about with a guy with chronic concussion. Uh, passed yeah. and uh, played through it or, or didn't seem affected by it, which is another good sign. But buy or sell a Corey Crawford extension is in the works. Yeah, I think it. The, I think with Robin Leonard being Gone. traded, um, I, I'd be somewhat surprised. It's not going to be anything long term, but if you don't see like a three year. $15 million. I don't think he's going to get quite the six he's making now, but something along those lines to keep him here. He, he's playing, really has been for the last month, really, really good hockey. Um, he's been healthy this year. This is the second, last night was the second time this season. He's kind of taken a bump to the head. Concussion spotter has made him leave the game for like two minutes and then he's been back. Um, I'm all in on it. I, I know he's not maybe the long, long-term answer in goal for the Hawks, but 35 for a goalie still means you might have, you know, two, three pretty darn good years left. And mm-hmm. he's like Patrick Kane. Granted, he's not Patrick Kane's not quite as old. He's been playing his best hockey like the past three or four seasons. He's really seen like with how bad the defense has been in front of him. He still continues to produce good up, put good, put up good numbers and put the team on his back. Plus, we all know how much this organization loves um, holding on to the past. And Corey Crawford is a very important part of that past. So I, I think you see him uh, back here next year and probably for the next two, three seasons. And I'm on board with it. He's been really, really good. Okay. Uh, you know oh. more than that than I, I take your word for that. I, you know more, way more than I on that. They're also that doing the thing. They've now won three in a row and they're doing that thing where they're drawing people hope. just a little I bit mean, back hope. in either. I don't have the hope yet. It's, it's going to take a lot more to give me hope, but they're doing the thing where they're trying to draw people back in <laughs> and it's getting my mouth. It's getting really, back in. it's getting really irritating. Just, just die already. Oh no. 
Uh, you got anything else for me? Oh, uh, yeah. Available. So I had a question for you. We this it's been a somewhat of a volatile topic between us. The topic of Oreos. Remember those? Remember we had Oreo debates a couple of years ago, Joe? About, yeah, you know, the, the double the proper stuff, single stuff. stuff. I you know double stuff one. But I've, I've, there. Rec- I've recently found that I am well in the minority, like being a single stuff guy, which yeah, I'm fine. Very much. With. I know okay. I'm right, and everyone's wrong. But well, I knew you were right, and that's why we did the Twitter poll, and I won. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently like seventeen votes, but go hey, on. Seventeen is seventeen. It's a, it's a <laughs> popular sample size. Um, I recently experimented putting peanut butter on my Oreo, and I want to ask your thoughts about that. Are you buying or selling the idea of peanut butter on an Oreo? I've done it before. It's delicious. It's okay, not I the way just, I like to enjoy I my just Oreos. I buy it because it's good. Okay. It's not how I'm going to eat my Oreos. I'm still just a dunker, um, single stuff, keep yeah. the classic. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you could do a million different things with an Oreo and it'll still be good. Um, you can, you know what I like to do? And I feel like I made this point when we were doing single stuff, double stuff. I would love to know what you like to do with Oreos. What I like to do is. And that was like two years ago. So we can, we can rehash this topic. You take, you take two Oreos, you split one open to where it's perfectly none on one side and the cream all on the other side. And then you do the Whopper. You put that top side with the with the cookie and the cream on so top the bun in the middle, an, the cookie in the middle, a bun in the middle. So it's okay. double stuffed, but with but a you got third a piece of cookie in the middle, the ratio, the bite on it. Fantastic. I, I really, really hope that all of you bring that sort of approach into your Oreo lives. Because now see it's, that I can it's get a game on board changer. with it's a game I can get changer. On board with it. I think I'd yeah, like so to you're, try that. you're getting your, you're getting your double cream, but I feel like a little more cookie in there. A little more. Cookie. Exactly. The double cream, just the ratio is off for me. I enjoy it, but I need a little bit more, a little bit more cookie. I like the idea of that crunch in the middle. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, that's new. I like that. Yeah. I'm a trailblazer. What can I say? You always have been, always will be. <laughs> you got anything else for the people matter? <sighs> Not off the top of my head. No. And that's probably a good thing. It's probably a good idea. Yeah, but if we go any further than the top of your head, we know we're in trouble. Yeah. So with that said, uh, Moose and Runes listeners, we appreciate you, as always, for tuning into this episode of the Moose and Runes podcast, episode 144 in the books. Signing off for Matt Rooney, I am Joe Moose. Hey, wait, as people, always, people, send us some, I do have one more thing. It. Yeah. Send us some, some mailbags. Let's, let's go. Send us some questions. Hey, you can I'm, send I'm us I'm looking at you, Parker Carroll. You can because send I us hear, some sports questions. Like, that's fine. I hear that Parker Carroll's over here texting people about when the podcast is going to drop. This no, week. in a very respectful way. In a very respectful way. It's going to drop when you start sending questions in. Parker, Parker usually asks very respectful. It, it's... The Rob Gallick, you know, questions that usually aren't all that respectful. He's more of a demander of giving me a podcast. <laughs> and I was, the uh, second you guys they, start paying me is when we'll start putting out a regular schedule. Whether they be questions or demands, we appreciate the feedback as always. That's me for episode 144 of the Moose and Roots podcast. For Matt Rooney, I am Joe Musso. We will talk to you next week. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.